0: Hi, welcome to To the 90s and Beyond, the film podcast covering films of the 1990s as well as some of the newer movies that were inspired by movies that came out in the 80s and the 90s as well. Companion piece to my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. If you've not heard that podcast before and you're interested, you can find the link to that podcast on my website called quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I invite you to check it out. You can find all of the links on how to follow that show as well at that site. To the '90s and beyond, I debuted last week with Mortal Kombat, the film from 1995. And the film I'm going to be reviewing today is also a Mortal Kombat film of a sort that came out in 1995. It's called Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins. I don't know that I would consider it a feature film. I think maybe the MPAA considers features. be at least 40 minutes in length or longer. This film happens to be 39 minutes and maybe a few seconds just short of that criteria, but it was a standalone story and it was released direct-to-video basically back in 1995 around the release of the live-action film in theaters. Now, I would not necessarily typically review a film this short as part of uh, its own podcast, but... Because this was also produced by Larry Kasnoff, who did the Mortal Kombat movies, and it had effects work that was done by Allison Savage, who was the associate producer of the live action film, as well as the effects supervisor, and the screenplay was done by Kevin Droney, who also wrote the first Mortal Kombat film. I think there is kind of an obligation here to at least pay some attention to this as part of those Mortal Kombat films. Of the 1990s. I mean, if I don't do it now, when else am I going to do The Journey Begins? Now, Larry Kasanoff was the co-founder and president of Lightstorm Entertainment. They produced Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and True Lies, along with co-founder James Cameron. Kasanoff basically left the company to venture out to do his own company, promoting intellectual properties. Threshold Entertainment ultimately was the name of his company. In 1993, Kasanoff secured the intellectual property rights to Midway's wildly popular arcade game called Mortal Kombat, and he planned to use his rights to mass promote Mortal Kombat across all platforms, movies, television, video, books, toys, comics, anything really that you could collect and would be popular, especially among the kids, the consumers they were trying to reach. Now, as Kasanoff began developing Mortal Kombat for theaters, he noted that many of the visual effects that were used in state-of-the-art filmmaking could also be used, if they wanted to, to create animation. And he wondered why, despite available technology for several years, that these tools never seemed to be employed by the actual animation industry. They were holding on to these outdated, hand-drawn practices. So Kasnav felt that the future of animation was going to lie with computers, so he wanted to capitalize on the tools that he had at hand. And he put together a team of experts, specifically in digital effects and 3D animation, starting with Alison Savage, the visual effects supervisor and associate producer for the live-action film version of Mortal Kombat. And Kasnav and Savage, they determined that they were going to not do their animated feature to look like anything that kids were going to see week after week on Saturday morning cartoons. This was going to be special. They wanted to bring a cartoon concept up to speed with the quality that you would expect from modern live-action films. That concept that they created resulted in Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins. Ultimately, it would become a 40-minute video narrative that serves as background material to the world of the video game Mortal Kombat as reimagined by the makers of the movie Mortal Kombat. Essentially, this was... A marketing tool. It was going to promote the film by whetting the appetite for the mythology and the premise of these characters and their mission. Kasanoff called this video a bridge. It was going to set the table for the game's characters and the premise, and it was going to recontextualize these characters and premise within the world to be his live-action feature in theaters to come. Now, For the story, Kasanoff did employ the services of the same screenwriter for the live-action film, Kevin Droney, And in Kevin Droney's script, we learn that Mortal Kombat is a tournament where warriors from Earth and warriors from this alternate dimension called Outworld are going to compete for domination. And three warriors from Earth are selected by Raiden, the God of Thunder. They are Liu Kang, a monk who hails from the Order of Light Temple, Lieutenant Sonya Blade, this United States Special Forces officer, and Johnny Cage, a major Hollywood action star with actual martial arts skill. And their mission is going to be to travel by boat to this mysterious island to fight the reigning champion of the Mortal Kombat tournament for five centuries, this half-humanoid half-dragon named Goro. However, to get there, they have to first get through the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung's minions, Sub-Zero and Scorpio, as well as this horde of nomads, uh, Tarkatan warriors... Protecting Goro. Along the way, Raiden describes the scenario and the backgrounds of all of the foes they're about to face for the benefit, I guess, of those people who are unfamiliar with the game. Now, this was originally intended to be released before Paul Anderson's Mortal Kombat live-action feature debuted into theaters. The Journey Begins was part of Kasnoff's strategy. He was going to rebrand this intellectual property, that was being touted as too mature for kids, as family-friendly. He wanted to raise the interest of kids as young as six years old, maybe too young by many parents to be allowed to play the much more graphically violent video game. And to make up for the lack of violence, though, Kasnoff he was going to promise something more. Graphics, animation techniques, younger viewers would never have seen before in their cartoon properties. So Threshold hired the services to make this come about of R. Greenberg Associates West, RGA slash LA, to perform the digital effects work that were fresh off of big budget films like The Shadow and Demolition Man, and also contributing would be MotionWorks, who did the 3D animation for the Page Master. and MotionWorks would handle the 2D animated portions, and they would put some of these cell animation elements within the 3D backgrounds using this process called cell integration, and the process would involve building virtual environments on a computer and then placing these hand-drawn animated characters within them. Actually, they weren't really very hand-drawn either, if you want to get technical, because just the bare line drawings were hand-drawn. MotionWorks did color and shade those cells with this all-digital ink and paint system that they had. Although these effects companies could create photorealistic 3D backdrops if they wanted to, they did have to tone those backdrops way down because of the cartoony nature of these 2D animated aspects, which come off a little bit more blurry, I think, than customary due to the processing that's involved here. So they could control the virtual cameras, if you want to call them that, on their computer-rendered sets and then direct what you see similarly to a real production on a Hollywood set. And the tunes would become like the actors, and they would have to work around them in the filmmaking process with their so-called cameras. The credited director for The Journey Begins is Joseph Francis. He's not necessarily a director. He's a computer animator, and he was the creative director for RGA. And this was his first credited directing gig— He mostly existed as a CG supervisor. In fact, he did Independence Day the following year. In addition to those 2D animated characters, for flashback sequences, they decided to do something a little bit different. They were going to use this motion capture system that was developed by Acclaim, who were, among other things, they made the home console version of Mortal Kombat. And they used reflective sensors placed on these light suits covering human bodies, their stunt people, their actors, as they performed certain motions. Their motions would be performed by their digital avatars on the computer screen in real time. And those movements are then applied to the 3D animated characters that they control, and they can use their so-called camera to revolve around to show any angle they desired of that avatar in really any environment that their imagination could create within the 3D virtual environment for those characters to inhabit. There is a primitive, nearly textureless look for these 3D fighters. If you're an older person like me, you might remember those early versions of the games like Tekken and Virtua Fighter. The kind of basic, very blocky kinds of characters. They're very similar to what you see here in The Journey Begins. New Line Cinema, the studio behind the live-action movie, they funded about $5 million dollars as part of this overall advertising and promotional campaign for this video. And Threshold deemed the cost of making this worth it because the video itself is it's like a Trojan horse. It's a way of advertising for a host of other related media, including such things as the Mortal Kombat Live stage tour. You could get discounts on tickets if you bought this video. All of that was part of Kasnov's synergistic approach to his media blitz. You got a booklet of coupons that came in the video's box for other Mortal Kombat merchandise that he was also selling, while the video would promise codes for the gamers for Mortal Kombat 3, which was wildly popular in 1995 as well. Now, as I mentioned, this was originally supposed to come out earlier. In fact, it was supposed to come out earlier in the year. April 11th, 1995 was the original set release date. Both the live-action film and The Journey Begins which were supposed to come out in spring, did end up getting postponed to try to fix some additional issues, to try to make them a little bit better, and also to release it at a time in the summer when kids were out of school, per se. So The Journey Begins was rescheduled to come out on home video on August 29th with the suggested retail price of fourteen ninety five. Image Entertainment also released this $30 Laserdisc version of this as well. Now, in addition to the short film here, The Journey Begins... The tape also featured, after the journey begins, a behind-the-scenes featurette on the making of the Paul Anderson film of Mortal Kombat. Because the video was intended to come out about a month before the release date of the live-action film, I think the fact that it came out two weeks after the film, you might start to feel that maybe the makers of The Journey Begins felt that their property wasn't really ready. They were still behind. They needed several extra weeks of work to get the product up to a basic snuff to get it out onto tapes. And many people who watch it probably think they needed even more time than that, because one of the big complaints about it is that it just doesn't look good. Despite all of that, though, upon release, the video did shoot up to the top of the video sales charts. It remained in the top 10 most sold tapes for several weeks and it was every bit the smashing success of the film even though many aspects of that production was considered substandard by many. Now I think one of the downsides of making something with cutting-edge technology, at least when it comes to narratives like this, is that eventually they're going to be superseded in quality. So in this case it really was within two months. Pixar's Toy Story was released in November of 1995 and that blew away anything that you see in this film by far i mean this film is like cave drawings to like a renaissance painting or something i think kasanov and company here were so interested in seeing what a computer could do to enhance traditional animation they never really stopped to consider maybe whether they should do it especially given the short time frame that they had to get it from their original concept onto store shelves so many shortcuts are obviously taken here barely rendering any of the backgrounds, recycling a lot of the same animated movements for certain characters repeatedly. It looks like it was slapped together haphazardly as the deadline started to approach for when they wanted to get this on store shelves. For what it is, it was successful. It was meant to promote the movie. It did just that. It promoted a lot of other Mortal Kombat properties and merchandise. So from Kasanov's standpoint, it was a hit. But By today's standards, you know, although I think most people consider the voice work done within this film, which featured the voice work of Jeff Bennett and Jim Cummings and Ron Feinberg and Jennifer Hale and Randy Hamilton, the 3D technology that's used here in The Journey Begins is just way too primitive to catch the eye for modern audiences. I would say it's a bit ugly to enjoy for most people watching it today from an eye candy experience. The screenwriter Kevin Droney, he certainly did put some thought into the Mortal Kombat mythos, developing the backstories for these characters and the worlds they inhabit. But given that only true blue fans of Mortal Kombat are likely to watch something like this in its entirety, I think that this is a short film that is, by today's standards, way past its prime. You know, we talk about on shows like this, movies that have aged well. This is the converse of that. This is a movie that really doesn't have a reason to exist anymore, but for completists and people who are nostalgists, who just want something that they watched when they were a kid. It did serve its purpose. It introduced those younger kids whose parents might not have let them play the game to this Mortal Kombat universe. It got them amped to see the feature film. But I think this is only of interest for those historians, whether of Mortal Kombat or of animation, studying the progression of CG and 3D in mainstream animation, because by most standards, the substandard 2D and crude 3D aren't exactly two great tastes that taste great together. It might have been a novel idea to get 2D and 3D together into one narrative, but when both the 2D components and the 3D components are this ugly you're really not helping the cause beyond just the novelty, and that's why it did not date well, even though maybe people, maybe kids, who are not used to seeing 3D elements within their cartoons might have been a little bit more impressed when this video was released. So, unfortunately, if you see the Mortal Kombat film, you do also realize that the journey begins is actually not a prequel as they tried to promote this, because the main characters, even though it has a lot of the same premise, they find themselves completely ignorant of each other when you watch them in the feature film. So... You don't really have to watch this video before you see the movie because they don't really jibe in terms of how the story plays out. And yet, given that much of the dialogue is expository and there really isn't any discernible character that has a story arc in this film, it also really doesn't serve well as a standalone story. I do think that kids probably did love it back in the day because they loved anything Mortal Kombat. And to be honest with you, a lot of probably what was passing as acceptable animated fare on television was not necessarily that much better than what you would see in this video. If you look at it today, the quality of kids programming of an animated nature especially in film and on television today, you know, even a 6-year-old would cringe at the things that they see that might have been cool in their parents' heyday. When most of the effort for the production was put into the techniques that were used in making the film, and those techniques are woefully past their prime by today's standards. I think what purpose does a movie, or a film, or a video, or whatever you want to call it, like Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins, even serve any more? Really nothing, so that's why I can only give. Mortal Kombat, the journey begins one and a half stars out of four. One and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that this is a poor movie. It's a movie that has not withstood the test of time because all of the focus, all of the artistry was in trying to put together all of these new and novel techniques. And now that all of those techniques have been superseded, that relegates the journey begins to really being a relic. And that's why I can only give it one and a half stars out of four to somebody who might be interested in the Mortal Kombat properties looking at it today. This was conceived of purely for the thought of making money, not necessarily to push forward the artistry of an industry that was going to be revolutionized anyway by Pixar in 1995. So, one and a half stars out of four is the best I can give. Mortal Kombat, the journey begins. Now, if you have your own thoughts on this film, if you've seen it, by the way, if you have to watch it, it does exist on some video platforms. I've seen it on YouTube. I've seen it on Daily Motion, and probably other places where you can watch a lot of videos. If you happen to have the 2011 release of the Blu-ray for Mortal Kombat, the movie, the Paul Anderson movie, it also is like the only special feature that is on there. So you can watch it there as well. I think better is the behind the scenes featurette that is included. ...on this video, which, by the way, you can also watch on YouTube... ...which I took a look at for the review of Mortal Kombat on the previous episode. So, that's where you can find it if you're interested. If you have your own thoughts on this video and you want to write to me... ...you can find my contact information on my website. That's a quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Links to my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, my Instagram, they're all there. If you want to follow me for some extra things that I might say in those platforms... As far as what I'm going to be covering next, well, we'll go for it a couple of years. Yes, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, a movie that's not necessarily well regarded among fans, but there are some people that do champion it for one reason or another. I definitely don't remember being in agreement with that last time I took a look at it. But, you know, hey, maybe after watching The Journey Begins, it will look like a masterpiece comparatively. I don't know about that. We'll find out. I'm going to watch it again for the next episode mortal Kombat annihilation for next episode if you want to keep up with the reviews check that out until next time thank you so much for joining me on this journey to the 90s and beyond